Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Yourself podcast. All right. Hello, and again, welcome to the Being Yourself podcast. Um, so this is the first episode of the Being Yourself podcast, and I am very, very excited to start this new venture and sharing this with all of you uh, out there listening. If you are just tuning in, uh, this podcast focuses on having conversations about identities in all aspects and how our identities influence us. Um, so helping me start off this first conversation and this first episode is an awesome person who shares my passion for identities. He is a higher education professional and an artist. So without further ado, Mouse J, welcome to the Being Yourself podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you. Thank you for, for uh, agreeing and being, uh, you know, the first to be in my podcast. And <laughs> Yeah, the, the brave move to be first, right? <laughs> the brave move. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it, it's definitely been an interesting uh, journey and development and trying to get all of this together. Um, so I definitely appreciate the support and, um, you know, being uh, a part of it. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I know we've known each other for quite a while now, um, and it's it's been a while since we've actually seen each other. And I know we're seeing each other right now over Zoom, but it's, it's definitely been a while. And um, it's really nice to kind of, you know, get together and chat, even though I wish we could do it over coffee, you know, and do the podcast over coffee. And I know how much you love coffee. <laughs> yeah, not really, though. <laughs> More of a tea drinker. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I love I love the smell of coffee, but drinking it is just not it's not in in the I guess in the lineup for me. I like yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I have an entire routine in the morning, and I literally make the coffee in the in the in the pot um, coffee maker. I I boil the the milk in the stove, then I add the coffee to the milk in the stove, and have an entire process. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a full process because yeah. I, I hear <laughs> most people are like K cup. Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, and they're on the go. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, I, I learned that through when I was, you know, growing up through my, you know, my parents, my grandmother, my aunt. I love my aunt's coffee. And, you know, just it's part of the culture. And I want to, I think it's important for me to keep certain things and in, um, intact with my my culture, right? Um, right. So it's important for me still, for myself, right? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so cool. I mean, you know, I know that, <clears throat> um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of like talk about yourself and, um, you know, introduce yourself to the, you know, the world here. All right. Well, um, Miles J. I work in higher ed as an academic advisor. Um, I've been doing that specifically a little bit over a year, but working in higher ed for over three years. Um, I'm also a performing artist. I sing, I rap, I dance. Um, I'm a creative director and also an artist manager. So just spreading myself thin as much as possible is like the golden life, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. The um, outside of that, I am also a professional model, and yeah, that it, it's just a lot all over the board. <laughs> it's good. It's good to stay busy, right? Um, especially during these times, and it's one of those things that we need to try to find a way to. Uh, with everything going on in this world, try to find a way to continue and, and moving on and, and do what you love, you know, 
that's a passion exactly. for you. Exactly. And I have several different passions and I've decided to pursue them all versus just trying to do one or choose which one to follow. Um, and that works for some people. It doesn't work for all people. And I just, I just do what feels right. And it also, like you said, it helps me stay busy, but it also helps me um, not get bored with anything. Like I, I'm always on my toes, ready for the next challenge, ready for the next endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to go back to, to, you know, being an academic advisor, you know, um, how did you get into that? So initially going to school, I wanted to be a guidance counselor. Um, and then working in middle schools and high schools, I realized I didn't want to work with K through 12, <laughs> um, bless everyone's hearts who do, but it just was not for me. And I knew I wanted to be in higher ed. Initially, I actually wanted to be an admissions counselor, like kind of traveling mm -hmm. and recruiting students to go to college, just because one of my passions is education, especially with like minorities and black people. Um, but um, when the whole process kind of unfolded itself, I kind of just found myself moving in this direction to becoming an academic advisor. And in the program that I worked for, which is um, specifically University Without Walls at UMass Amherst, the the entire department is geared around adults returning to school that are finishing their degrees. And that just kind of stood out to me because there's so many people that start, they stop. I'm a non-traditional student myself where I didn't start at a traditional age going to college and like now seeing how many resources and options that people actually have that are there. It's like amazing. Like there's so many different ways you can finish your degree, earn your degree and move on with your life, whether that be, moving up in a, a, a job you have, um, changing careers, or if you're already retired, we have plenty of people that are retired. They just finished what they started and mm. whatever their stories, I just love being like a small part of them succeeding and accomplishing their goal. So yeah. like, I, I'm just glad that it led me here. And like, I didn't even realize that this was a passion. Like I knew education in itself was a passion of mine. I didn't know academic advising was one. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think we share that same experience and passion. I, I think, um, you know, I was a non-traditional student as well. Um, and um, I don't remember, are, were you a first-generation college student? I am also, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely do share that. You know, and that has an experience and identity all on its own. Definitely, because it's not the same experience when, when you're first generation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's definitely hard. And um, I think it's great to, to have, um, to, you know, be support for those others that are coming you know, the younger generation that are coming along and, and we can share our experiences with them and help them along um, and inspire them. Yes, most definitely. Mm. So, you know, I, I, um, I know that you share the, the same passion in terms of, you know, having conversations about identities and, and helping under, you know, uh, representative you know, minorities. And so I kind of wanted to start off and, what is what is identity for you? What does that mean? What is the word identity? If we were to to identify that, right? Identity for me has, um, I mean, of course, there's like the standard definition where it's mm -hmm. just how like society views you and identifies you based on like your age, race, gender, things of that nature. Um, but a little bit more nuanced for me, identity is who I choose to be, uh, represent as like myself to the world and showcase myself to the world. Um, and the reason for that is as I've matured and grown, I've learned that 
every identity is not a positive identity. There are some that are based on stereotypes, societal norms, and different beliefs, whether religious beliefs or just different um, cultural upbringings. Mm -hmm. And that may not necessarily be a positive viewpoint. So I decided to kind of take control of how I just represent myself to the world. And that's who I want to identify as. Like, if you see me as one thing, that's fine for you, but it doesn't necessarily determine or define who I am and how I want to be represented and express myself. So my identities definitely are more positive and they're based on who I am, what I'm rooted in, my moral um, values, and what I believe is going to be beneficial to like the world. Yeah, I really do like that a lot, how you express that, you know, because, um, you know, we, we have, um, you know, when you talk about identities, you know, we have those social identities, as you mentioned, whether society picks these, these uh, categories, these identities for us, right? You know, yeah. we have our social understanding of that. We have our personal understanding of our own identities, right? Um, and anywhere and everything in between, right? Or out of that, Um so it's it's an interesting um, concept, and and um, I do like the way that you phrase it. It's, it's you know how you feel, who you feel like you are, and and bringing those positive identities um, to your being, to who you are, right? Yeah, because the world like loves to have check boxes or just like limiting boxes to where you have to fit in this category, and it's like, but if you just don't fit, then how does this apply to you? Like, you ever seen like those magazines where they have like, oh, take this test. It was like, it was for fun, but it was like, take this test and there's only like two examples or two options to choose from. And it's like, but I wouldn't choose neither one of these. It's kind of like that. It's like, you're limited to what you can actually check off that doesn't mm-hmm. even apply to you. Just And just to make it through the test, you might still do it and then realize you get to the end and it's like, yeah, I kind of figured this is where I'd end up because it never applied to me in the first place. So the end result is just something completely like, out of this world has nothing to do with you. It's like, yeah, I don't relate. So I, I, again, just maturing and realizing like everything that is put out there in the world is not necessarily for you to mm-hmm. connect to relate to and identify with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that makes me um, think about, um, you know, so I run a social justice program here, at my, the current institution where I work at WPI and um you know, I had a student, we were having conversations about race and identifying yourself in that perspective, right? Um, and when you talk about, you know, those check boxes, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, we were having a conversation about, um, you know, when you go to apply for a, a, a job or school or, or something, some type of application where it asks you um, your race and ethnicity and those kind of things, right? Um, you know, she, she was having a hard time grasping, you know, she, she was... Uh, Puerto Rican, um, but she was on a darker side, you know, completely the opposite of who, of me, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm, um, you know, I look, I can pass off as white. Um, and she, she had a hard time grasping where does she fall? Because she's like, well, I, I can't check off white. And then she was like, well, I don't think I can check off black because I don't feel like I'm black. And then some, she's like, I'm confused. I, don't, I have no idea what do I do? What do I check off? Yeah. Right. And it's like, you're kind of like caught in the middle like what to put down and everything. That's actually a very um, interesting topic in itself because I've seen, I've seen it go both ways to where, especially specific to like Hispanic and um, Puerto Rican people 
where they're not sure what to check off. Like, do they check white if they're like fair skin? Do they check black if they're like more on the Latina or Afro-Latino um, side? Um, or do they kind of just leave that blank and just choose maybe Hispanic? And it's like, there's so many different variations. And again, it's just how you identify. Some people do connect with a different culture and I think that's fine. But if they don't, then is for some people I've seen that as an issue. And for others, I'm like, I don't, I, again, I just think it's how you identify. And sometimes it's just um, how you maybe identify at that moment. Maybe it'll change later on. Yeah. I, I don't think, you know, there's certain identities that I think obviously um, kind of carry on with you, right. That it's just part mm-hmm. of your being and will always for the most part be there. Right. Um, but there are also identities that are very fluid, right? Sometimes exactly. we, we, um, we come to certain identities or some realizations of who we are within time, right? As we, you know, you mentioned maturing, right? As we mature, our identities start to develop a little bit different. We have a better understanding of what are our identities and how to identify ourselves, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, when I was younger, I identified myself as a lot more fun, a lot more outgoing <laughs> and like into so many different things. I mean, I'm still into stuff now, but then it was just like, really quick, really spontaneous. And now it's like a lot more structured, a lot more thought through before I like jump into something more reserved and definitely a an analytical person. Mm. So like I'm very logistical now and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because this is harmful or I'm not going to be like on the highway speeding and, and like thinking like this is a thrill of my life. It's like, no, like we got to be safe. <laughs> like, so just changing and, and then growing in different areas and realizing it like along the way is just fascinating to like think back to when I, uh, like to the time where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> Not doing that again. <laughs> right, right. But it, it's it's our lived experiences, right? And um, exactly. those are those are the experiences that um, don't necessarily define who we are, but absolutely helps us, um, you know, progress and mature and we learn. Yeah. exactly and I, I that i love like it doesn't define who we are like experiences are not the definition of us like experiences are literally just moments that can shape us but again you choose how to define yourself yeah absolutely um so that's awesome um so i you know just curious and i just wanted to um you know what has been your um you know your relationship with your identities right what was what has you know what has that experience been for you overall like the the first one that comes to mind of course is just being a a black male um so that first and foremost it's i mean it's jam-packed i don't even think we have enough like time (laughs) to unpack all of that but just like to touch upon um being a black male especially growing up in america it's it has its its moments if you will (laughs) <laughs> but as uh, I mean, we all can, we all know what's going on now, like Black Lives Matter movement and things of that nature, but it definitely had its moments. And I remember like early on in my, like, I guess my development as a person when I was about 12, 13, something clicked for me where I realized like I was not the same as my, some of my peers. And th- from that moment on, it kind of, also shaped me, if you will, to becoming the person that I am. Like I realized like things didn't come to me just as easy as they came to other people. And not necessarily mean that in a 
like, oh, I want stuff handed to me type of way, but more so like as hard as I was working, as hard as I was putting in this effort and energy and trying to stand out, I was seeing that other people who didn't have the same energy, didn't put in the same work ethic, were getting stuff a lot more easily. And I was still being overlooked. It's kind of like realizing like, yeah, you're, it's just not meant for you. But at the time, of course, as being a, a teenage kid, you're not thinking like, some things just aren't meant for you. You're thinking like, if I do the work, I'm going to get the reward. Um, so just understanding that like, this was going to become a, a staple, I guess, in life, like just as a black man or, or a man of color, it, it puts you in this position to where you realize you're going to work hard. You're going to work harder than some of your peers. Mm. And there are going to be times where you don't get the job. You don't get the promotion. You don't get to the interview. You don't get to move on. You don't get to buy the house. You don't get to do certain things in the time that you may want to do them. And it's not to say that you won't get them at all. Because I, I, I do know that some people may maybe stop by that. And I, for me, it's a motivating um, component. I continue to thrive. I continue to push beyond those experiences just because I know that there's a, a full generation like following. There's a full generation that came before us that want to see someone at least um, actually get to that point. Mm. You know, um, as you, uh, you know, were expressing um, all of that, and I was thinking to myself, you know, do you remember the time uh, that you came to that realization where, you know, I, I certainly remember certain things about my identities that I, um, that I came to understanding and I realized, oh, you know, this is what it's going to mean for me, right? Mm -hmm. You know, be, as, as a being as a, a minority Latino or, you know, being part of the LGBTQ, you know, family and as a gay man, you know, there are certain identities that I kind of, I remember and I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is going to be tough. And this is, you know, the realization, you know, what, when, what, when was that for you? If, 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 the the, time if that you ever I had can, that, you know, the moment that I realized it like very vividly, um, at least in my mind, like there might've been times prior, but the moment that stands out to me now, I was in, I want to say either seventh or eighth grade and running for a, um, was it the national junior honor society? Um, and there was like different positions, like the president of the society, vice president, stuff like that. And I was running for the president, um, like that position, I guess, in the middle school sector. And I remember like doing this full campaign. I remember like doing, like going around and like doing what I thought would be the, the appropriate way um, to do it, as well as getting guidance from the, the instructor who oversaw the entire program for that school. So just me in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if I have the, the instructor's support and I'm getting their guidance, I know that I'm doing a strong campaign and people are willing to vote for me. When it all boiled down to it, I'm like, this is a, a, a no-brainer. Like, I'm going to win this, this election. And that did not happen at all. <laughs> and so that was like the first inkling of it. That same type of situation happened again in high school during my senior year, where it was I'm running for class president at this point, and like again against my own like 
judgment because I didn't want to at this point. I was already class president my junior year, but every a lot of students, including some of the staff and faculty were like, no, they wanted me to run. They wanted me to run. I did a great job. So they wanted me to do it again. But it was a lot of work and I wanted to kind of like, you know, cool off a little bit for my senior year, but they encouraged me to do it. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I run a full campaign. I'm doing X, Y, Z. I'm spending all this extra money. And then the same thing happens. I'm like, I'm realizing I'm doing a lot more than anyone else that's running against me. Yet I'm still, and I also have the support of my peers. I have the support of staff and faculty and their guidance. And with all of that said, with all of these, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not a safeguard, but like all of these just things in place to help me get from A to Z. I'm still not making it anywhere close to the end of the line. It's like, okay, so if you weren't going to vote for me, why did you all encourage me to, to run? If you weren't going to actually support me, what was the, the facade about? So like realizing that there's times where things just are not going to work in your favor. There's times where people are going to say some things that they don't mean. Um, and just trying to navigate through all of that without being bitter, without being upset, without being, torn down as a person and again just not identifying as a loser and not identifying as someone who didn't make it and using that as motivation to make sure that you do make it another time yeah yeah absolutely um you know i think it's it's seeing it from a different perspective that i think will will help um, you or just anyone in general you know not trying to focus on so much on 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 ourselves, you know, in terms of like, oh, you know, it's my fault because, well, it's not that it's my fault, but it's, you know, this part of my identity is impacting this, but, you know, seeing it from a different lens and um, changing that perspective um, so that it helps and makes it better, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Cause I, and I had to come to terms with like, I have this thing about control. Mm. So, like what I can control is making sure that I I run a strong campaign. What I can control is the fact that I'm doing the best that I can. I can't control the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was, I think I connected like the control that I had with what the outcome would be. And that is what I had to understand and come to terms with as well. Right, right, right. And that's, that's you know, kind of what, you know, I was trying to say that you, you said much more uh, effectively. Um, but, you know, just, just right. Changing the lens and trying to figure out, you know, I, I love that what, what you can and cannot control. Right. You know, it's like, I, I tell my students a lot, you know, what can you control and what you cannot control and focus on the things that you can control because it, you're just, you know, wasting energy away and focusing on the things that you can't control. Yeah. You would stress yourself out trying to focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of energy. So we won't, we won't do that. Um, but no, no, but awesome. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I, I thinking about um, our identities, you know, I, I know that as, as we were thinking about this episode and trying to figure out, you know, what we wanted to talk about, I know you had mentioned to me uh, that you're like, oh, wow, I, I have so many identities. I don't even know where to focus, where to start. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's, it's, 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 you know, relatable with everybody. We all have so many different identities that define who we are, right? Um, we, we, in the educational and the professional, what we call that, you know, uh, intersectionality, where we have all these intertwined identities that make up who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and 
you know, when I asked you the question about what is identity for you, you know, I, I think of identity and, and, you know, you can tell me what you think about this, you know, um, kind of like if you think about a, a family tree, right. Um, and, and you have yourself on the top, you have your, your main identities and then, um, whether it's race, ethnicity, culture, so on. And then from there you have your branches, right. That they add to that, um, and that's the way that I kind of like to see it, um, that I feel like it helps people understand all their different identities within, you know, themselves. And when we talk about intersectionality and what does that mean and having all these different identities that not one of them necessarily define who you are. Right. Right. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think that just me being Puerto Rico and you just being black is a definitive right of who you are. Yeah, it doesn't stop there. No, right. it definitely goes way beyond that. Right, right. Um, and then you know we have our experiences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love. Actually, I like that that metaphor with the like the tree, like the a full tree, like the branches. I would even take it a step further and say that some of the experiences and some of the identities are some of the leaves. And when you mm. go through seasonal changes, as you do grow and you mature some of those leaves will fall off and they won't be a part of who you identify with anymore. And, oh, that's, and, that's... and No, no, go ahead. I mean, I, I love that, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I just think like that, it, it's like, it just, it's a telling and a, a great visual. It's a telling way to kind of get the idea of like, life is stages, life is seasons, life go, you will go through these changes and having those moments to where you realize that you may identify as this today and you may not identify with it tomorrow. Um, you may, I mean, and that goes hand in hand with a lot of different things like profession, socioeconomic status, um, types of music you like. Like I grew up loving like to listen to certain types of music that now I'm like, uh, I'll wait, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll wait until yeah. something else comes out or something yeah. like that. And it's like, you will go through changes and maybe that's a leaf that happens to fall off for a season and maybe it'll grow back at another time. You know, like that is possible. And I think like that visual representation that you mentioned is like a very, very good and a strong example of how to view it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for adding to, to that analogy. I mean, that was great. The leaves and um, yeah, that was awesome. So thank you so much. And it's very true. We, we, um, our identities change, you know, as, as you were stating earlier, you know, maturing and growing up in our experiences and they, they change, they mm -hmm. definitely impact us. Um, and you mentioned music, right? Uh, yes. And so that's a really awesome next segue into our conversation because, uh, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with you with, uh, about, uh, about your music. Um, I know you do music and, um, you know, and then, you know, furthermore, kind of going deeper into that, you know, what, how does, how does your identity, how has that impacted you in terms of your music and how do you see that within your identity? Right. You know, so talk to us about your music, you know, with the music, um, like I have a passion for music since I was a kid, like I would write songs and I mean, they, they were horrible then, but I would write songs and like <laughs> sing and all this other stuff. And it was just like, uh, uh, an outlet for me like it was something I just enjoyed doing whenever anything even then that I thought oh I want to do this in front of people um 
once I got to high school, like I started with dancing and performing in front of people like my junior year. And then from there, it kind of took off. Like I went from dancing into modeling music I've been doing for about like the last five years now. And like just growing into the like the artist that I am now, I've realized that there's certain responsibilities that I've taken on just because of the just because of certain things that I identify with. Like I want to make sure that I am professional. I want to make sure that I am representing a group of people who um who are 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 being represented but maybe not in the light that they want to because mainstream does push certain narratives at certain times until they change and decide to push a different one. So I'm I don't necessarily align with mainstream right now. However, I do feel that my sound could be mainstream if the the music industry goes in that direction. But with that said, my um I, my identity with music and how that has kind of shaped itself is I always wanted to be very aware, very um, conscious about how I write, what I write. And I'm big on storytelling. Like I want to talk mm. about love. I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about heartbreak. I want to talk about um, things that are going on in the world as far as um, just being socially conscious and aware and just things of that nature, because these are things that people can relate to. And with storytelling, the best stories are the ones that people can connect to. Cinderella has been told and retold and retold so many times because you always have the rags to riches story. You always have the falling in love and finding someone randomly story that it's uplifting. It's, it gives you hope. Um, and you always have like the stories where you have people that are the closest to you that are treating you the worst. So people connect to parts of that story or all of the story or just enjoy it. Um, just because of what it stands for. And I think my my goal with music was to do something similar to where regardless of like what song it is, regardless of when I did it, um, I want people to look back and say they connected to the music at some point. And my goal, even when I started, I, I wrote this down. My goal with music was never to be rich from it. It was never to like be like the biggest like most famous person from it i mean i would love the exposure but <laughs> the but the the goal was never that my goal was to make sure that when i died and all the the possessions that mean something to me like are still left behind what do i have that i can say i gave to the world what do i have that i can say i left for other people to connect to and to leave my mark on the world mm. and music is something that will be there like I can be dead and gone and someone can listen to a song and still connect to it and know that they're not alone, know that there is someone else that either related to them or told their story. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 music is just such a powerful um, instrument, right? <laughs> and, and, and uh, no pun intended, but the, it's just, a, you know, it's just so powerful and it impacts all of us in, in a, so many different ways. Right. Um. You know, I think thinking about uh, music, um, do you do you think that you know, in, in your experiences with music, and I, I I I love music, and I have so I feel like I have a pretty good and eclectic taste, and I can listen to so many different things and experience so many different elements of music and genres and so on. Um, but thinking about music and identity, right? So, 
do you think, you know, the, does the identity impact the music or does the music impact the identity? I think it goes both ways, depending on how you look at it. Um, mm. Like, I, I do have songs that are specific for Black people and, like, the experiences we have. I do have songs that are specific to people who are in love. I have songs that are ex- uh, specific to people who are out of love. <laughs> I, I have songs that are specific to people that want to just party and enjoy themselves. So it's like the identity like that you have at the time, like there's something for it. And then sometimes you're like hearing music and it can change your mood. It can like remind you of who you are, remind you of your identity. Um, And some it's like, sometimes it's unexpected. So I think it goes hand in hand. It depends on like how, how you look at it, how things like kind of shape you. It's almost like that, the, like what came first, the, the egg or the chicken. Right. It's like you, your identity can definitely inspire the music and the music in itself can inspire who you become. Like growing up, I would listen to different artists and I can say that like, there's different elements of those artists within who I have decided to be a, um, a representation um, for myself to the world because it's inspiring to see like how they did it and now being able to do it myself i'm like okay i want to incorporate this from this person i want to incorporate that from that person not copying them but definitely using that to shape my identity as an artist Mm -hmm. um and then also moving forward just using like that idea identity to just continue with music so again it's just hand in hand yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I what I love about music is, um, and when we talk about identity and culture, it's 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 there's the culture with the with the music is goes hand in hand. You know, so I I always think about you know when we I grew up listening you know to Spanish music and salsa, merengue, bachata, and in you know reggaeton, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, Puerto Rico is the reggaeton capital of the world. But um, but you know the the music definitely has a, a tie with the culture you know when you think about i think about you know hip-hop for example you mm-hmm. know how did hip-hop come along with with within that right within the culture the identity how did that become it right or you know i think about or even you know latin america we're going to think about you know musica ranchera you know mexican music you know there's definitely a tie within that that culture and what makes it unique and what makes it uh identifiable as that identity in a way, right? Right, right. Yeah, hip hop and R&B are like the genres that I stick with um, because I identify with it the most. Like I grew up listening to it. I grew up loving the artists that um, were, that fell into that genre. And of course, like most of them were black. So it was what I connected with as well. So just having that, like you said, that identity, having that cultural connection and being able to connect with what it stood for, like rhythm and blues made you feel love, made you feel pain, made mm-hmm. you just re- realize some things about yourself that you may not have even thought about. Um, and then hip hop, like, especially more so when it first started, like just kind of put things on blast as far as the, the inequality, the injustices and things of that nature. And then as it continued to like progress, it turned into something where, people wanted to enjoy themselves like as much as possible within this culture where we know we're being oppressed. We know that there is injustices and inequality. And it's like, but do we want to always just talk about that? Do we always want to feel bad? And even with myself, like, again, just being very self-conscious as an artist, like I wanted to make sure that I had songs that tied in and it wasn't all like, oh, let's have fun and play in roses and 
like, no, there are times where you have to get serious and there's times where you have to like make sure that people are aware and as much music that's out there already on it, it doesn't mean that people are still listening to it because of course things become outdated. People want to hear something new, something fresh. So you do also have to do, in my opinion, just play your part into making sure that people are aware of things. And that's just the artist that I decided to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, 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 you know, ever changing, um, mm-hmm. and it's inspiring and how we feel. Um, you know, I, I definitely believe that, um, uh, you know, music can, can fill so many different voids and about ourselves or just in general, you know, who we are. And, um, um, but finding, you know, music that inspires music that motivates you, um, and finding artists that, or, or, and I think we're all artists in a way and, you know, being artists that, you know, you want to inspire others. You want to um, talk about real stuff, you know, and I think exactly. those are the, and those are the, the, you know, when you make it real, when you make it uh, relatable, those, those are the ones that stick along. Those are the ones that last and um, yeah. will continue enjoying, you know, generations to follow, you know? Yeah. When you're like being authentic and just, and, and it's not like, oh, you want to follow the trend. Um, yeah, you tend to have longevity. You don't necessarily, again, you don't necessarily have that, like that quick moment in like the 15 seconds of fame type of thing, if you will, um, or not necessarily. I mean, it could still happen, but that's not usually the goal for people that want to like be relatable and, and want to actually talk about like the real things and talk about stuff that's actually happening and being that relatable person um but yeah i i I mean i just love music so it's just one of those things Mm. to where like regardless and this and this is just from an experience that i had as well regardless of like age race um class like however you identify a lot of people have enjoyed my music so it's like you don't realize how many people you're going to touch. Like for me going into it, because I identify with R&B and hip hop in my mind and seeing that most of those artists were black in my mind, I'm like, most of the people that will take to my music are going to be black too. Mm -hmm. And that was a naive mindset to have, of course, until I went out and I started performing and I'm like, who are all these white people? (laughs) Right. Right. Asian people. And like, so like seeing like so many different cultures, so many different people of different walks of life, actually enjoy the music and come to mm-hmm. me and they're like i love your music and they're like following me and i'm like this is just completely unexpected very appreciated but still mm-hmm. unexpected because again my mindset was so closed at the time that i'm like okay i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna like get a bunch of like a uh, black fan base and i'm gonna move on and like with that and it's just been a completely different experience than what i was expecting to happen and i love that it that it's happening because it just goes to show you that although I identify with R&B, I identify with hip hop, there's so many people that are not black that do as well. Mm -hmm. And it's not just siloed to black people. Like it was created um, by black people, but it has expanded and become so broad in that other people are being touched by it as well. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it breaks it down to where it's like humans are human. Like, right. And it, it, it got to, it gets to a point where, um, you know, because of why it was created that, you know, we came to an understanding that it's not just, you know, black people that are, you know, going through these struggles. There's so many other right. people that they can um, relate exactly. with it. Right. And that's, and that's, that's one of the most powerful things about music, you know, 
yeah, connect so many people that you right. just don't think about it will even touch. Like, mm-hmm. and th- that was one the one of the parts of compo- uh, of performing, excuse me, that I loved. Like seeing the people, like all, all the people, like right there in front of you, enjoying the same thing at the same time is so amazing. Like right. having that crowd in front of you. Because um, I mean, hearing it over the time, like it's great, but seeing it all in one moment, it's you can't replace that. Right. So you know, I know we're we're kind of reaching the end of our time, and I wanted to talk talk to us about what's what are you doing now with music? You know, what's coming up that? So next up, I have a single coming out on December third, and that song is called Excuses. I'm actually in the process of releasing an EP. um, So right now I'm like gearing up for the first single. The EP will be out um, at the top of 2021. And yeah, like I'm just excited now to finally put the music out there. I've been working on it for quite some time and the quarantine did not help, (laughs) but (laughs) I threw it. Um, I shot my quarantine video for the song. So everything will be out December 3rd. So I definitely hope people enjoy it. I hope people subscribe to my YouTube so they can see the video and, Definitely follow me on social media. All right. And it's, um, where can they follow you? Is it Miles J? Yes. Everything is under Miles J at M-Y-L-E-S-J-E-H. Perfect. Awesome. Um, I mean, I'm excited. I look forward to hearing. I've seen some of, you know, your videos and I've heard some of the songs that you created. So um, it's very exciting stuff. So I'm very excited to, you know, continue and seeing your progressing and um, looking forward to all of that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, there, yeah. that's ne- definitely next up. So, again, I just hope everyone enjoys it. I love the song myself. I mean, I love all my music, but <laughs> that and that's like my goal. I want to make sure that I love it. And yeah. when I stand behind it, I know other people will will definitely follow suit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so um, thank you so much. I really do want to thank you for for being you know part of the uh uh, the podcast and giving me the opportunity to have this conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah, for being absolutely, appreciate absolutely. It and enjoy being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So we'll, we'll see each other soon. <laughs> Definitely. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. So that concludes our very first episode of being yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the very first episode amongst many more to come. Um, the best way, if you haven't done so, the best way to check up on what's going on with the podcast is by following uh, me on Facebook. You may find a podcast on facebook.com slash uh, being yourself. So make sure you go ahead and follow. And if you have Instagram, you may find us on Instagram at being that yourself. And again, thank you so much. And until next time.